This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. You know, the, the truth of tonight, <clears throat> I, love, um, I love flow, I love spontaneity, but I also love the power of foundation under it. power of foundation. God knows how to build foundation. And one of the things that is um, beautiful about houses like this house is people are safe to come. People with giftings are safe to come, to grow, to be grounded, to be nurtured, to be seated, groomed, um, released, but again, not let go of. I mean, that's one thing with me. I'm just I won't use the word possessive, but kind of one of those moms that really used to never want children to leave home, and yet, isn't that the beauty? Isn't that the beauty that there's, if it's a household with foundation that actually causes people to be propelled in what God is doing? Um, tonight, I want to continue in the, in the time that we have left, um, kind of a continuance from last week. Um, where I looked at the unwrapping of the Word of God. And I think even how our worship went, how it literally prepared the spot. I didn't, I actually thought ahead of time that we would pray for Joe and Bethany in our prayer time. You know, I mean, doesn't it make sense, right? Um, and then as I was feeling it was time to start, you know, the next phase of our evening, I was thinking, you know, you think even when there's a flow. Still within the flow, you have thoughts. It's not a sin. It's just, okay, Lord, let me feel my way through this. You know, the Bible talks about barefoot priests. And um, so there is that thing. And I think that's what's fun in a school like this where we really are just navigating. What? How do you want to do it, Lord? And then I'm sitting there sharing about my husband and I's covenant commitment and it was like just up inside like this is the nest where you want to put that because everything that God has written everything that that kind of like were grace or whoever it was that was speaking about documenting God documented he documented encounters with humans. He, it was divinely inspired. And I'm not saying that as they journal their, um, adventuring God, that it's, it will be divinely inspired as they're walking out the living word of Jesus, but it's not like replacing this book. However, it will be inspired by this book. The things that the word has done inside of their hearts. And so tonight, I, if nothing else happens, I want to stimulate, I want to release my heart that hunger, hunger, need for, for biblical time and devotion is stimulated because just like anything else, the way that we are built, we are built, hear what I'm saying, not what you think I'm saying, like hear my heart. We're built for addiction. But the addiction to God and truth and the love and the desperation and the need for that relationship is divinely inspired. When we aren't taught properly or maybe not taught at all or we've not 
come to know God yet, our appetites go places. We go places. And the thing with appetite, with hunger, with desperation is whatever you feed it, it will become addicted to. Whatever you don't feed it, it won't be stimulated by. So I'm going to share a few things tonight. Please, in Jesus' name, do not take one fiber of condemnation because there's none intended. There is none intended. But there is a grounding that if we think we've got it and then we begin to walk away, there are enemies, even in us, our own appetites that can once again stimulate in the unhealthy fashion. We know that with food. We know that with drink. With I mean, I can get addicted to Netflix. I love movies. Okay, are you guys with me? So we're human. We have things we like. But it's important to know what's healthy at what time. You see, sometimes, okay, watch is, but then there's other times I'm like, no, no, you need to backtrack into here. Because why? God is not looking for unconditionally obedient, well-behaved children. He wants healthy, whole, safe children. And he knows what steps will take me in the wrong direction. And you know the beautiful thing? He gave us salvation for good. My salvation will never be taken from me. However, the manifestation on this side in my life day to day can be affected by the decisions I make. Y'all with me? Okay. So we're looking at... um, Intimacy with God and personal devotional time. What can it look like? You know, I've always said, this is, I laughed at myself the other day because I said, you always say, well, in the world we say the sky's the limit. And actually there's no limit. But you know what I thought about the other day? I love how God lovingly corrects you, your picture. He corrects your picture because I'm like, well, the sky can't be the limit because there's no limit. But remember a few weeks ago, I talked about how they can't find the end of the sky. Every time they get a big fancy telescope, it's gone further. So maybe the sky is the limit that is limitless. That every time we get to a certain place in our adventures with God, he says, new telescope, new vision. You can see further now, Kathy, because you've gotten closer to the expanse. So walk some more, Kathy, and then you'll get closer to another expense or expanse. Guys, Tonight, the power of the name of Jesus, we talked about what a beautiful name, what a powerful name, what a a name that cannot be taken down. When we depend on that name, when we relate to him and we go into this book and we say, Jesus, I don't just want biblical truth. I want the spirit of life that's in this word. I'm telling you guys, there is no limit for you. You've been brought into covenant and there's been a name exchange. So when you think of yourself, don't hold your feet to the ground that you are bound in your own personality, your own heritage, your own lineage, your own genetics, because you are not. 
The name of Jesus will break generational curses that have followed us all the days of our lives. It will break addictions and appetites and the things that take us down the wrong words, roads. I've never hid anything from you guys about, I lived crazy. I was born again at eight and then my young adult life living crazy. I'm not going to keep going back to that. You guys know that. But the point is, God took this word and continues to take this word and wipe away the things that would blind me to how far I can go in him to go after people who need to know him. So, John 15, let's go there. I love me some John 15. I love me some John. I love me some John. Okay, so John, I'm reading the Passion. If you don't like the Passion, I do. I chose the Passion tonight. Love King James. I love them all. Me and Aisha were talking about that today. We love all the different translations. So tonight it's um, the Passion. So 15.1, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. That's crazy, right? Like we think, well, when I start doing them the right way. No, no, he's he's spoken over us. It's a name, name exchange, guys. The name exchange isn't when you get it right. It's now. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. Even when we go cuckoo and step aside, he does not break life union. I mean, that, is that a gift? I'm so relieved because I'm cuckoo sometimes. I'm, I'm so extreme. I'm really like extreme. But he remains in life union with me. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to me. See, even though legally he never breaks from us, think about it. If we split from him like with our thinking or whatever, how, how are we going to be able to trust? How are we going to thrive? There's a lot of voices out there talking to us. The news media, the medical field, there's a lot of voices. Y'all with me? I mean, they'd be talking, and some of them be screaming. And some of them rock right up in our households and do things that are just, they're not God's will. Painful things. I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source... Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Powerless. Think about it. And even I encourage you, when you leave here tonight, through this next week, go to John 15 and read it with new glasses, new eyes. Read it, read it like you've never read it before. Ask him what he's actually saying to you, because often we've been taught scripture from the perspective of obedience and of, and please hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We've been taught it often from the perspective of pleasing God, 
Like somehow, if we don't do it right, he just is, he just, like our parents, maybe, you know when your parent was disappointed and they just look away? He doesn't look away. We need to understand that God does not look away. If God looked away, the whole planet would go up in smoke. Do you realize he upholds all things by the word of his power, including human life? I mean, he is the power that glued your cells together so that you have a physical body that can handle life on planet Earth. This kind of stuff, seriously, I encourage you, take the constraints off your thinking and let God use the spirit of truth to unlock your freedom to realize the gift of life he has given. Because the more addicted to him we get, the more we say, Father, this is what I feel scripture says to me. Am I right in that? What does your heart say to me? Because his word, when he comes, when Jesus, the living word, comes to minister this truth to us, he'll lift you up on the inside. You can feel like stressed in your brain. You can feel crazy. You can. I can think, Kathy... I don't even know if you're saying you'd be wackadoodle and he'll come with truth and minister scriptures to me and my thoughts will come into order. I will literally sit there and realize, what am I afraid of? This thing was like a shadow. It has no substance. Only the word can do that. Because some of the things that happen in life, they aren't just shadows as far as factually. They're all up in our face. Y'all with me? Um, let me find my place. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. God, he didn't say I discard him. He didn't say I discard him. I'm going to tell you what. The enemy is looking for branches that re- remove themselves from the vine, that go separate. The enemy is just looking for something to build a fire out of. Seriously, it's time for us to get those kind of pictures and realize that our minds, getting your mind renewed to this truth is not just so that you can be a squeaky clean Christian that goes to church and pays tithes and supports the embodiment of Sunday happenings. God wants us safe and secure and well, hear this, well-bred. In other words, bred in our thinking that we recognize darkness when it talks to us. He is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. There's an enemy that does the burning, guys. God's not the one doing the burning. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. I mean, the Father loves him, and so he just literally pours that love on us. Isn't that what we do with other people? Like when you love people, it's not human love you're giving them. When you truly look past people's faults and you're not judging, that kind of love is supernatural. That will change the people in the world. Seriously, like like if you really have a heart for evangelism, stop judging. Just stop judging. Just stop judging. They are not going to live like us. They don't have the same truth in them we've got. They can't clean themselves up and be approved by us. 
God already loved them. He said, John 3.16, I didn't die for the church, I died for the world. Now, because, you know, I was in the world, so I mean, yeah, he died for me. But seriously, some of our thinking needs to be tweaked. Like, just tweaked. Just a slight tweak. You must continually let my love, listen to this, I love this, nourish your heart. Let my love nourish your heart. If you never, okay, say no condemnation. But if you never pick up this book, you are not letting him nourish your heart. You're not letting him nourish your heart. Not a judgment, just an observation. If I go too long without pondering something of this truth, I mean, how else is he going to nourish my heart? Just like food, physical food for the body gives is fuel for the body. Him nourishing me through the living word, through biblical truth, through the foundation, him stabilizing my thinking like I can be thinking crazy. And man, through the pandemic, have we had opportunity to think crazy? Good grief. Like they're trying to make us think we're all going to die. Have we lost lives? Yes. Is it a horrible thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. But even those who have lost lives are being still sustained by this living word. When horror walks onto our path, Jesus, the living word, saves us with every breath. Now hear this, but hear it in your heart and ponder it a different way. If you keep, and that word means to guard, to honor, to hold on to. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. If you keep my commands, it it didn't say, if you keep the Ten Commandments. Don't freak. Don't Seriously, don't freak. If something's telling you, oh, where's she going to go with this one? Even the ten, God ministers them to our heart, how to keep them. God's the one who keeps us on a safe path, on a healthy path, in a place where we can live in righteousness. It's God. So Jesus is saying, if you will guard and honor the things I say to you personally. Are you all with me? So tonight I want to just, from that, in in the New King James and in the King James, the word abide is used. That if you'll abide in my word, and my words abide in you. And the Greek word is meno, and it's M-E-N-O. And it's to stay in a given place. Think about that. Your, your discipline with biblical truth, personally, not, you know, like corporately. I mean, we can preach stuff from a platform. Everybody is not going to walk at the same. You know, I'm like relieved at that. You know why I'm relieved at that? Personally for me. Because <laughs> we are all individuals. I have three kids and they all relate to me differently. My friendship, my interaction with them is different, each one of them. Because I can see them differently. So it's to to stay in a given place or a relation or relationship. It's to stay in a state of expectancy, to abide, to stay believing that 
even, and I have found this to be true, even when I don't understand exactly what God is teaching me in the moment, because you know with his revelation, he'll teach you some of the same truths, maybe for decades. I remember at the beginning when I first got baptized in the Spirit and I started studying the Word and it was lighting me up. I was like freaking out because it was almost like taking a drug. My eyes had gotten open and I was literally having a relationship in my living room with God and it was kind of freaking me out because I could sense his presence. I could sense him speaking to me. And I went into this phase and this was before I realized I had, um, you know, like a full-time call in ministry to teach. And, um, I was in probably a year or more in Mark four, just hanging out in Mark four. Just hanging out in Mark 4, Jesus teaching, you know, about the, the, the farmer and how he just puts the seed in the ground and he just trusts it's going to come up. He tends it properly, sows it, all of those things. Studying about that the seed is supernatural. That the seed has the life in it. The seed has the life in it. So when we go to God's word and he begins to seed our hearts and our minds, the life is already in the seed. If we will allow it to go into the ground of our lives, it will reproduce the life that's in it. It will stir our hearts, change our minds. That's the thing that trips me out. The word of God changes my mind. I mean, I've literally sometimes said to God, I know this is the direction you want me to go. I don't want to but I give you permission to change my mind. Now, when I say something like that to God, then I've got to be in his word about those truths because that's how he's going to change my mind. He's not going to just sit there and say, girl, you really need to go this direction and I just really love you and I'd really like you to do this for me. He doesn't do it that way. He just says, just sit with me. Sit with me in the truth because I will convince you. See, even in the body of Christ, we we have given yucky definitions to things like conviction. Conviction is a beautiful thing. It's not a yucky thing. Conviction is God himself convincing me by his Holy Spirit the direction I should go or the way that I should think. It's just convincing me. How often do children come to their parents to convince their parents to get them what they want? They're very persuasive. I want you to know the power of persuasion originated in God. And the power of persuasion in its original form is rooted in love. Not strictness or legalism. So I have a little illustration for you. Like some people will say, well, how do you keep your mind on God? And like he says, abide in me and my word abide in you. So we got all the time to sit up in scripture and be thinking about scripture. And every time we do something like a chapter and a verse has to come to mind and all that. No. If you think about a bird, a bird has a nest. They get out of the nest and they go places. And when they're not otherwise engaged, they go back to the nest. It's so simple. And so when I'm not otherwise engaged in thinking or doing something, my mind can return to the truth of my nest, my home base, the core of my existence, the center of my being. I can just return my thoughts to God. And you know, when our heart begins to purpose that way, because, you know, looking at 
How do I unwrap the Word of God? Sometimes it just feels like a religious thing or a discipline that we really don't want. Anybody ever felt like it's a discipline you don't really want? I mean, you can be honest. There's no condemnation in this. Some people just don't get studying the Bible. Then don't study the Bible. Interact with Jesus. Just interact with Jesus. We interact with conversations on our phone all day long. We don't say, well, I don't think that friend really likes me, you know, and we keep going back to their text. Ever misinterpreted a text? And you read it 10 times, 15 times, and then two days later you'll say, I wonder if she really meant what I think she meant, and you go back to it. Why don't we do that with this? We get curious. We love the creativity. I can get lost on Instagram. All the creativity is overwhelming. The creator wrote this. There is stuff hidden between the lines. I'm fascinated by the phrase between the lines because I'm convinced that God says more between the lines in this book than he says on the lines. But will I scroll enough? Will I go there and say, I know there's something here for me. I know there's an inspiration here for me. I know there's something personal here for me. We can abide and, um, I got 15 more. We can abide by making intentional decisions. Take a deep breath. Breathe. You ever notice sometimes when you can feel like the Holy Spirit's trying to teach you something, and you start your body language, even personally, you can feel your shoulders tense up, you can feel yourself brace, like, what's he going to say to me? What's he going to change? Is she going to touch my button? I don't know. He touched mine so much, all I can tell you is what he's been saying to my buttons. So we can abide by making intentional decisions to be, air quotes, faithful to the Lord. Sometimes we hear in church what it is to be faithful to the Lord. Those are guidelines, suggestions. God himself is the one who would tell us what faithfulness is for us. If you're a mom and you have 15 kids, he knows how much time you have. No, seriously. He he knows about our schedules. He knows about our distractions. He knows about our appetites and the ones we don't have. He knows. He also knows that if we'll feed the appetites that are deep down inside that he gave us, they'll get bigger. They'll get bigger. All I know is the monsters that I've had in my life that I fed, they got big. They got big. I was able to live the young adult life that I lived because I had fed the wrong monsters so that I didn't even know the other part hardly existed. And then I had the cockiness because of grace to know that he wouldn't take his salvation away from me. That's sad. So he had to teach me what faithfulness for me was. And I just believe that God was gracious in how he did it because the seeds that were living in me from my childhood began to stir. As he saw me get further into danger, they stirred. They stirred. And then honestly, one of the powerful things that God did to draw me back was he gave me a husband who was craving God, even while we were out there living like lunatics. 
craving God. Me with my little ticket for my denomination in my back pocket. But something had been sown in him at the age of 12 that he couldn't get away from. It was eating him up. I'm telling you, God's a good God. So we can abide and be faithful to God. It can look like prayer. And then we could go on for weeks teaching about that, what prayer could look like. If you've been in prayer meetings in the church setting, I'm not against church. It's just that there is more boundlessness than what we've seen inside of just corporate expressions. Prayer is conversation with God. And he will guide our prayer life. So some of our faithfulness can be demonstrated that way. You might be more faithful than you know. Seriously, you if you've got certain ways and patterns, you've probably got disciplines in place that are extreme and beautiful, and they'll propel you even further. It can be dedicating time to reading the Bible. If you're not a person that has that kind of a discipline in place, I encourage you, get curious. Start opening this up, checking it out. We check out all kinds of stuff. I'm just saying. You know, somebody will tell us this particular grocery store is good. We'll go check it out. Somebody will tell us this cream that costs $50 for a quarter of an ounce. I'm telling you, it will fix your skin. We go buy it. I'm telling you, this is dynamite. There is, and I can say this, having been in a crazy place, there is no high like the most high. There is no high like the most high. And I don't say that sacrilegiously or even in a cocky, kooky fashion. I know. And this is what actually people are looking for. When we feed appetites that are not cool, we're actually just looking for something that he put inside of us, a desire. And and even this, and I'm going to say this, please hear my heart on this one. God wrote a romance story. It's just not sexual or sensual, but it is incredibly romantic. It's about a love that went after the one it loved and refused to be denied and will not let go till the last breath. No matter where you go. You talk about redeeming love. And this is the cool thing, is all the time he's chasing us. His pursuit sows seed that surrounds us in a swirl of divine acceptance. It's some crazy stuff. Um, Jesus, I believe you gave me this. John 14, um, and I encourage you, I'm going to kind of give this, like, go go home and read this. John 14 and 15, I encourage you to spend time in there. And just let him unlock your desire. The Father dwelling in Jesus and Jesus dwelling in God caused the things Jesus did to actually have been designed and authored by the Father. Because Jesus was continually growing and maturing in manifesting truth as he leaned into relationship. Think about that. Even Jesus had to walk in faith of the Father or for the Father. Okay? Uh-huh. Ooh, the sound of water. I like it. 
That's pretty cool. I think the water's flowing. But think about that. As you go and you you allow yourself to go into relationship deeper, and I'm not insinuating that any one of us doesn't have a relationship. I'm just saying there is something he's doing among us and there is something God is doing in the body of Christ to bring us to a greater place of maturity where we actually lose ourselves. Lose ourselves to God. Like lose ourselves. That's the sense I had when, when you were speaking over the music that's in Joe. Like losing yourself in a love song. You're encountering God and music just starts coming. There are songs from heaven that are to be coming out of many in this room. There are books and writings and artwork. Even artwork with like my medium for art is words. Is words. I've been a chatty Kathy since I could talk. But never knowing that God had an intention in me having many words. I'm not trying to be wordy, but the stuff like just floods out and God wants to communicate and God wants to inspire his family to be free and be self-accepting so that you can accept others. Are y'all with me? Because this is like, oh my gosh, God wants to explode out with living truth. He wants us to devour this book, not feel that we have to put this in so we can be good Christians. It's not that people see that we're good Christians. They need to see that Father God is a good Father. Jesus is a mighty and powerful and good and sweet Savior. Right? And Holy Spirit is just precious beyond words that he would cause us to know the two of them intimately oh my goodness oh jesus so he leaned in um let me find this because there's a couple of verses that i want to quickly go to um in 14 john 14 oh let me find them 13 is that it Goodness sakes, the light's weird here. 13, okay. Um, In John 14, and I, I want to address this quickly before we end because I think there are things that trigger some, some of us, and and it can be this. And so I'm, remember I'm reading in the Passion. For I will do whatever you ask. This is John 14, 13 and 14. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. These verses, these verses can trigger us. These verses can disillusion us. These verses can upset us. Anybody ever ask the Father something and it didn't happen? I mean, every hand in the room should go up. There are things, and some of them are incredibly disillusioning and debilitating. But when, when you look at this, understand this. He, he's not denying things. And it's not because we're disobedient or... Um, Whatever. We need to understand that there is a way that we can walk. He's endeavoring to have us on a path where it's easy for us to believe him. You know, I think we say, well, we believe this word, 
but there is a power of belief that we think we're in sometimes and we're really not. Say no condemnation. Seriously, because there's a maturing in how we walk with God and in belief and not that we get mature and then we earn him doing it. But he says here, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. There, there's a, a something there, and I encourage you to delve into this with God yourself if you kind of feel like, you know how sometimes as Christians we don't like to talk about this stuff. We don't, we don't want to talk about this stuff that it appears that our faith didn't work. And I don't know whether it's intimidation that, you know, we're going to preach to people and then it, they'll see that it didn't really happen the way it should have happened. But I think we need to deal, I'm going to deal with some of this stuff. I'm dealing with it personally with God because I've had some things in my life and I'm like, how did that get in our family? Anybody ever felt like that? But, but this aspect here, when you ask in my name, because Jesus, Jesus walked with the Father and he walked in covenant with the Father and he walked in trust with the Father and he wasn't depending on his own faith or performance. And so this word name is the, the word onoma in the Greek. And that word onoma, take a deep breath. Don't get convicted by me or feel intimidated. But it means in the character and the nature. And don't even hear me say, if we'll behave in the character and nature of God, stuff will happen. That's not the picture. If we could really believe that we are the expression, and he, he's made us in his image, and he wants us to live within the gracing for the character and the nature of the creator to flow through our lives. He's given us a name exchange. He said that I have covered you with the name that's above every other name. And I am completely convinced that the body of Christ is in one of the greatest growth phases that's ever happened on the planet, that we would come to a place where we take it out of the realm of trying to have a picture of us looking legit to the world and just letting ourselves look in the mirror of the word with God to where we literally stand there and say, I am in your image. I have the privilege because of you, Jesus, not because I'm a good girl, not because I don't cuss, not because I tithe, not because I go to church every Sunday, not because I love my husband and have never been unfaithful, but because, Jesus, you literally used your blood to purchase me because the Father empowered you to be obedient empowered you to believe. Do you understand that from his childhood, he was growing up in a godly home. He was looking at the scrolls, studying the scrolls, going into the synagogue. He was finding himself in the scriptures. He was finding himself in the scriptures and comes to the point where he can realize, I'm the Messiah. What? What's going to happen as we stand and say, and because you found yourself, I'm literally a child of the creator himself. I'm his offspring. I'm an offshoot, an off-glowing being of his. You know, guys, I know that there are things we believe, but I think it's a time for revelation from God as we give ourselves to this truth, as we allow him to speak this word over us, as we allow him to say, you're already clean. 
You're already clean. Stop trying to be clean. Stop seeing all your dirty spots and focusing on them. You know, when something gets your attention, it grows bigger. And sometimes when you just look at your appetites and the things that are separate from God, they get bigger and they want to consume you and you get hungrier for the things that you're trying not to hunger for. Are y'all with me? Because this, this is so powerful. God just wants us to just, just let him take us to truth. Jesus says, by my spirit, by the spirit of the anointing, I will take you into places where revelation will come on you. You won't have to work for it. Your eyes will open. You know, just now it comes to me, Gracie, what you said in our time with the worship team praying and about the just the whole chemical, the whole interaction of when Jesus took his own saliva and mud and he's being directed by the Spirit to allow something to happen. And because God was guiding him, I mean, any other time, you can pick some dirt up and put your spin in it. But if God's not guiding you to do it, but God was guiding him. And so there was chemical, far beyond natural chemistry. There was something divine transpiring in Jesus actually believing that God would take his spit and dirt and open a man's eyes. Jesus had the audacity to believe that human saliva and the dirt of the earth But I want you to think about something tonight. It was the dirt of the earth that he formed our bodies out of. And it was his breath that came on it. What dirt in your life can God come on tonight? I'm going over, but just give me a minute or two more. What dirt in your life or what thing that you're ashamed of or what thing that you're not sure can he even get me past my own idiosyncrasies or whatever, my own pride, whatever, what dirt Is he going to breathe into you? Is he going to release literally himself into to change you? My encouragement tonight, take time to explore the truth. You know, there's a place down in the Shenandoah Valley called the Endless Caverns. They've never found the ends. Every time they think they found the end, it's kind of like the sky. They find another cavern, another room. And they called it the endless caverns. This is the endless caverns of glory and honor and life and joy and peace and healing. Don't search for miracles. Let them build them inside you. Take time to explore the truth and extend your perception of actually hearing God and relating to him personally. Have the nerve, have the audacity to go there and know that if you were the last one he had to talk to, he's actually choosing to talk to you. He's choosing to tell you secrets. He will tell you things that he's not saying to other people right now because you maybe are willing, maybe you think broadly enough that he can say that to you. Father God, we love you and we honor you. Father, I believe with all of my heart, you're here right this very minute. You're convincing, you're persuading, you're calling your family. 
closer to you. You see each one of us and you know people. You know people right now, Father God, that only I can reach. And only each one in this room can reach. And you're literally coming to give us the nerve to relax and to settle into a divine existence with you. Father, I thank you that you have chosen to put each one of us in a nation where we have the freedom to speak that amazing name, Jesus, without fear. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing, and so. I open my heart and my mind. You can make whatever changes in me you want to make so that it can happen here. Thank you, Jesus, you're taking down my walls. Thank you that you're opening my eyes to see these men and women and how magnificent they are in your view and your perception. And so I say thank you, Father, that you've given me the privilege to walk with them. Now I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take them to this word, stimulate their appetite, draw them with your love. Breathe on them to the point where they absolutely have an insatiable appetite to hear your words spoken from your mouth. I love you, Father God. I honor you, Lord Jesus. Teach us how to allow you to truly be Lord Jesus, to truly be the supreme authority in our lives. We pray in your name. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.